Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Are you looking for a God-conscious husband? Or do you have a friend that is looking for a compatible spouse? Getting married is one of the most important decisions of your life. So before you embark on your marriage journey, you need answers so you have clarity and confidence to find a compatible husband. Smart Single Muslimer is a thought-provoking Muslim marriage guide for Muslim women. In the book, you'll discover how to find a husband how to find out if you are compatible, what questions to ask a potential spouse, and how to deal with disappointment. Adopting a smart Islamic approach to relationships is about following some simple prophetic principles that will change your habits and attitudes about getting married. If you want honest pre-marriage advice that addresses contemporary issues you're facing, then you will find this book extremely useful. Available to buy on Amazon, in Kindle or paperback format. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to Smart Muslim Podcast. If you're new here, my name is Farhad Amin, I'm your host. And in today's episode, it's book recommendations that I will be giving and in particular books relating to women. Over the past year, and to be honest actually, over the past few years, I've been reading a lot of books that look at the situation of women in society particular in in the west and it's something i've been i think as a woman you know we i'm interested in it and in particular i wanted to understand how the way that life is for women now and as far as whether it's the way that they are viewed by society the roles the expectations and even um solutions as well i was interested in just understanding that what is going on as far as the position of women in the West. So um, I'm going to give you 
approximately maybe five or six books that I've read now I also was reading more I started to read more books about women in society and this is by mainly non-Muslim women and some are by Muslim women because once I started to I decided I wanted to write a book which looked at love and relationships the way women are expected to view that in particular I then started to read even more books about that and what was um alhamdulillah I've learned so much Uh, it's been really at one point I was thinking of doing a degree or in gender studies or women's studies something related to that and then I thought hold on that's going to be quite expensive and I don't know And when I looked at some courses at SOAS and few other places they were quite limiting and I thought I'm gonna have and not all the books I thought were relevant so I thought let me try do some independent study myself see if I can do this just by reading books and then what's good is if you read a book you can then go on YouTube and watch an interview with the writer and you can go on Wikipedia and find about their you know history as well so it was alhamdulillah it was really um interesting doing this so and I thought I'd just share this with you because in my podcast I I talk about women's issues and um so yeah so let me begin straight away okay the first thing before I start giving you the list I would like to say that as women write books about the experience of women the history of women the expectations that put on women and when writers everyone does this they are their writing is colored by their values and principles and we should never forget that so therefore we will get in these books um are people's opinions and there'll be factual information but there's also their analysis but it's always colored by their values and beliefs and that's something it's really I've noticed this a lot I don't know if you have but when it comes to women writing about women's issues sometimes we can forget that that when um, this whole idea of um, you're finding your voice and sharing your experiences that it that doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth yeah this is one person's experience a person who has biases a person who again their experiences are not doesn't mean that's our experience yeah we shouldn't like we as women I know I do this all the time is that we sympathize very quickly and we empathize very quickly to the point where we um accept everything very um too openly and where I also think we are not critical enough as in not in a negative just for the sake of being critical but just being critical as in thinking and questioning their motives for the person writing this you know do they have an agenda um are they proselytizing a particular view about women and one of the things I have you can you'll see this when I go through the list the majority of the books about women they are very um they they push certain repeatedly certain ideas so in particular the idea of the the importance of freedom and rights as in you know based on the very you know rights-based culture of you know a person whether male or female and so here it's talking about women they should have the choice and the right to do whatever they want as long as they're not harming anyone and as long as it's done between consensual adults 
as well where in particular because my focus I, I began to home in on the idea of love and relationships so in your personal life in your public life no one should tell a woman what she can do she decides everything as you know um she has absolute agency and there should exist this absolute equality where men whatever men are doing women should be able to be there and do that as well and be able to show up so that's something that all of them were pushing uh, and if so therefore it's interesting if as a woman if you're reading and a lot of these books were bestsellers this is the message you we will keep getting and then it's easy to absorb and then start accepting that message so it's really I think it was a real eye-opener when I was reading this okay so let's start off with um the most recent book that I'm reading and I'm actually reading this again it's called All the Single Ladies by Rebecca Traster and she's an American writer and so this was really uh factual I, I really liked this it looked at the position how it's telling us how have women the point where single women are at the moment how was that how have we got to this point so what I really liked about that book is the historic I learned a lot about the history it particularly focuses on America however I could see lots of parallels with um, the experience of women in UK but it really gave me a good understanding of historically why um, single dumb single term has become so popular it described um, the experiences of and the discrimination actually that American women faced and the labeling and the misogyny that existed and to the point where you now have women really uh, rebelling could is, is that a word that could be used and against the all the stereotypes all the expectations in all aspects of their lives that are given to them so to the point where um the idea of a heterosexual relationship is um should not be the expectation that's what she she's saying and i'm i've nearly finished right reading it and it has a lot of she interviewed a lot of women when she was writing this book and it was very interesting to hear about women from different different races different education levels the other good thing I did like was she spoke about the experiences of women of color and how historically in America they have been treated so badly I I learned things that you know for example as far as work for so long a a black woman was paid less than a white woman for doing the same work and they were always given the worst jobs mistreated the most and it's yeah so that was a um so yeah I'm nearly finished reading that but again um her you could read she is a cheerleader for the idea that women single being single is the best thing ever although she does what I do like about her she's she did include women who chose not to be single and explained why and also the problems so for example loneliness financial difficulty the idea that you don't have if you are completely alone and you choose to be single you do um when for example she gives an example of a woman who has an accident and then she had no one because her friends weren't there 
and she was living on her own in the city she then did say how hard that person found it you know you know going to the hospital or coming home and trying to take care of herself so this was a, a, a balanced view and but I think what it really did make me feel um I, I did feel sympathy for the way that women in America have been treated it, it's it, you know the history is not good and even in particular if you think of um the conservatives the way they um blame it's this is very interesting the way they blame single women it's similar to the way they blame immigrants for problems so rather than looking at okay the way that their idea of marriage their christian value views their views of christianity they are misogynistic they are 100% if you if you study it and and so therefore when and so when there have been problems it gave she gave examples of politicians giving speeches where they specifically blame single women for problems the fact the women aren't getting married that's why america's doing so bad that's why we have um you know so much crime you know blaming in african american communities that if the women would just get married then there would be less poverty there would be less crime again rather than thinking look at what about addressing the racial structural issues in america so that was um i think it was very well written okay so now and another next book is um again it's interesting a lot of these are written by americans so now there's one called sex object a memoir by jessica valenti and this is her describing her experience growing up in america and how she has been viewed as a sex object went from a young age and how american society objectifies women and then how there came a turning point in her life where she realized she could use her sexuality to get ahead and gain whether it's through giving hugs to her college professors or whether she could become popular by doing um you know giving sexual favors to boyfriends or you know just this idea she she realized that she could she it's like she weaponized it and objectified herself she, but then what she talks about as well is the toll it's had on her emotionally and how when she then had a child a daughter that's when she realized that she how this is not good so it's interesting that that was very interesting i must admit i wouldn't actually recommend this book because it was a very difficult read it was quite harrowing listening to her life at college and and sleeping and getting drunk and then she gave lots of examples of her um you know the sexual abuse and it was uh, but i kept on reading it because one it was described as this um, a very honest and it was quite it's described as quite this sh- shining light on the dark side of you know liberal progressive societies and for example that she talked about how when she'd be on the train how men would expose themselves and again after reading that I'm not kidding it's a bit like um watching the handmaid's tale you end up you can end up hating men I- I'm not kidding you think all men are disgusting all men are perverts they just care about one thing but again you have to then think okay this was just this is her experience although she talks about sexual harassment and harassment on the streets how many women in america experience this but they don't say anything or when they have you know nothing is done to help them so what it really illustrated to me was that this 
idea, the, the, you know, what has all this freedom and for men and women, all this sexual freedom, all this idea of, you know, wear whatever you want, do whatever you want, sleep with whoever you want, watch whatever you want as far as pornographic content. Uh, For a young, intelligent woman as she is, what kind of life did that give her? Yeah, it didn't, it really was not a good poster for um, progressive liberal values. But what's interesting again is she was still, as far as solutions, um, there were very few, you know, just more the idea that if we just had more equality or, or if men were more sympathetic, but um, it's, she did, she, I don't see, I don't see solutions in this book as far as questioning the core values that lead to this kind of treatment and this objectification of women, which she um, correctly labelled as, you know, um, terrible. So it's interesting that there's bits, when you read these books, you think, yeah, there's, uh, as a Muslim woman, you agree, you can see things and you agree. But the thing you then think is, they're, 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 they don't have any solutions that align with our faith. But again, um, yeah, a hard read, but um, yeah, that it's something you may want to look at. Okay, next one is Trick Mirror. Okay, this was by um, Gia Tolentino. And it was, um, it w- the, there was only a couple of chapters. The, the main reason I read this book was because of... Um, an article she wrote for New Yorker, which is called The Face of Instagram. And it talks about how, and I found that really intelligent and really spot on because she, in that article, and then she talks about that more in the book, that how women are expected to, this is this book is more about the expectations put on women and in, in society, and she talks about social media, um, and so yes yeah, so this idea that women are expected to look a particular way and there's this particular face this unrealistic face you know very smooth skin no pores you know kind of uh, basically uh, kind of card the kardashian face the kylie jenner face that is given to us as the ideal and like women are all trying to achieve this fake face and it's interesting that she uh, points out and then she looks at she looked at her own life and a few other things but there weren't that many good chapters to be honest but that one in particular was questioning the whole all the pressures put on women to achieve a particular look um and how what's become accepted is that you can objectify yourself no one else is allowed to objectify you but you can but she's questioning is that right? Even though she admits that she objectifies, that she's part of the problem. She does says she does it herself, but she can see the detrimental effects. So that was that was a good one, but not that many good chapters. Okay, let's move on. Now, Beauty Myth by Naomi Wolf. This is an old book. And this looks at the historical, again, the whole idea of this beauty myth, this uh, similar to what just um, Gia Talentina was speaking about. But it talks about the history of plastic surgery, the history of the um, beauty or the how it's changed. You know, there was time when women could be more round and plump and that was a sign of beauty. And then where we are now, where, uh, you know, this very, um, again, uh, it's 
a very narrow vision of beauty as we all know what it is you know in our head straight away we can think of it and yeah so that was that was a good one and again there was she asked some really good questions about why it is we, we are in this situation if we're supposed to as women like the same expectations aren't put on men as women I remember reading that when I was 18 and um I read it again which again I thought what I thought was good is that it was asking questions even the whole idea of how pornography affects our view of our body image and of course she mentions anorexia and and you know eating disorders how how that's what effect that has on us right let's move on return to modesty by wendy shallot i've mentioned this previously now what's interesting is that she uh her thing starts off about how she wasn't allowed to take part in sex education lessons when she was young and how she's happy that her parents did that and then her experience going to college as far as what was expected of her that i.e to to sleep around with guys to have no hang-ups about um hooking up and what was really surprising about this book was how honest she was about the toll that this lifestyle has on women and and there's a very famous quote where she says that the virgins are expected to behave like prostitutes now and that was quite an eye-opener this is the first time I'd read a book where um, a non-muslim woman is criticizing this whole freedom loving um, way of life that is foisted on and expected on women and your and how she got a backlash and was described as if she was backward and sending women back to the dark ages because she was critiquing the lifestyle that was um, being um, foisted on women right okay so another nice book I did like was 21st century girls by Sue Palmer now although this is written more as it's like if you're a parent and you're raising daughters what I she talks a lot about the just again the from from young age to you know teenage them to women being a woman being an adult being a mother that what are the values we are giving to our girls she does intelligently critique feminism and how that is what problems that is causing and how they do undervalue motherhood and they kind of just tell you to you know staying home taking your kids why would you want to do that they kind of focus so much on workers rights as a woman to uh, and encouraging women that just leaving your kids at home and then she's saying well if we're leaving our kids at home or with babysitters or daycare and then nowadays um giving them over to um social media and what is the effect long-term effect on young girls who is um shaping their views of themselves where they're getting the information from when parents are not around basically so yeah now then we're I think I'm nearly coming to now uh yes this is it now um Untamed by Glennon Doyle this is another bestseller and it's stop the tagline stop pleasing start living now this is um okay first i'd just like to say that okay this is sold like millions of copies now the start the the 
age range for this, as far as the standard of writing, I would say a 12 year old could read this. It's the, the language is that basic. And um, I'm not being, uh, I'm not being an English teacher here. I just thought, here's an adult woman writing in such a, I did find it quite childish. It hasn't got proper chapters, really. It's just like ideas and thoughts. But the basic message is that um, you, what women need to, we, women have been, okay, I'm actually going to read out the blurb. Okay. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Women, um, she, she talks about her personal experience. She has been buried beneath decades of numbing addiction and social conditioning Glennon decided to let go of the world's expectations of her and reclaim her true untamed self. So very quickly, what it would, um, she was married, she had kids, and then her husband cheated on her repeatedly. And so she divorced him, but then she started a relationship with a woman. So she then, you know, had a lesbian relationship. And then, so this is all about her how she transformed her life and this idea there is this idea that um women are um you know we have been tamed it's like she she gives the analogy quite a lot of this caged animal and in when reading it some parts I thought okay yeah I agree there are we are there is a certain amount of conditioning that happens she then she was raised in a Christian background and I think she still is Christian um, and then she 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 disagreed with the very Christian the Christian perspective of women and original sin, um, and again this is another you see this reoccurring theme where women they rebel and they uh, disagree with the Christian version expectations of women, Western view conservative views of women. So the idea of you know they the men go out to work the women who used to stay would stay at work only take care of the home dedicate your life to your children and then on top of that they then in america in particular there was no so they had to okay if we take it back a little bit, so no voting rights no right to education no right to work no right to divorce no right to inheritance so women had to demand and struggle and fight for all of these rights so and then so and then the rights of them being stretched to the, so again when you as a muslim woman when we're reading a book like this and it's 
in a way, the, the solution is, is quite simple, that you live, um, well, here's the solution I'll say to you, um, make peace with our bodies, honour our anger and heartbreak and unleash our truest, wildest instincts. That's the solution that she's chosen and that's what she's advocating for women. And the books have been sold, like I said, millions of copies have been sold, but when I'm reading, again, can I as a Muslim woman think, okay, I need to unleash my wildest instincts. So what that means is, you know, your whims and your desires, your nafs, you just do whatever you want. And that is what we're being given and, and all women are being told. And this is, it's, and it's, it's something to ponder upon very carefully about. And now, so that that's untamed. I must admit, I don't, I, I would say this book is not worth reading, that you don't get much out of it all. That, that if you read, um, in a nutshell, that is what the, you would get, message you would get from it. And it's not uh, rocket science. Even if, you know, I've, I, I'd say all the single ladies gives, if, if I was, you know, weighing them up, I'd say that, that's a better, you get much more from all the single ladies, uh, as opposed to Glenn and, Dawson, she's a speaker, and Oprah, of course, Oprah Winfrey loves her, and Ellen loves her. All it's interesting, all the same people are promoting the same message, pushing the same idea to women, selling their books, selling their courses. And so, when I was reading all of this in conjunction, if I had not had access to the Quran, access to the tafsir, access to hadith, access to Islamic talks relating to women, society, our role, um, what you know, our responsibilities, you know, our rights. It would be so easy to, without having the alternative, uh, an uh, Islamic voice there, it would be so easy to just lap all of this up because all of these books, apart from return to modesty and 21st century girls are really just telling me to live the life I want to do what feels right do what feels good you know and in and all of them in as far as now just coming back to the book that I've written smart single muslimer it's one of the reasons I know I read this I wrote this sorry was because I thought no one, and not no one, sorry, astaghfirullah, there are very good books, Islamic books about that, I'm sure they're in different languages as well that I don't have access to. But for a Muslim woman living in the West, if this is the only books we're, get, uh, we're getting, if you know, if you go into Amazon, you want to get read a book about women, it's very likely you're going to read some one of these, pick up one of these. Where's the connection to Islam? Where is the alternative to Islam being given. So you may be thinking, well, what did I not read any books by mo- modern, like books about Mus- the challenges Muslim women face um, today? So I read um, Mona El Tahari's book, Hymens and Headscarves. And I've, I've done in a previous podcast episode, you can listen to it, I've done a very long book uh, review of that. But surprise surprise she is just um advocating exactly what these women 
or all these other, you know, the, the, uh, she she later calls herself a radical feminist anyway. That is what she labels herself. And so what she was looking at was um, the Muslim world and her, her main pr- premise is that Muslim men are sexist and they hate women. That's it. That's the message she's giving. And it's, again, remember what I said about every, it's when you look at fact and opinion, and I think it's uh, how do you um, f- know if someone is someone giving me their opinion or is it fact? And how do I discern what is factually correct or incorrect? So just taking her book as an example, she gives statistics, she gives facts and surveys, and then she also gives her experience. And then she gives lot, not lots, but some experience, all of them mainly, bad the bad experiences that women have in the muslim world and so based on that you would form the opinion that yeah men muslim men are they hate women because the only thing she's given you are the bad experiences she's given her bad experiences she went on hajj and she got um felt up you know and that that of, of course it's disgusting that that happened but that's the only um, so many women go on hajj and they don't get felt up but like I said, depends on how the p- facts are presented. And she, you know, so her, and again, her solution is that in in the Muslim world, we need to have a sexual revolution just like the, the West has had and adopt feminism. That's, that's how things are going to change. So that was one book. Now, another book, it's not about the burqa. Now, that book is um, an anthology of, different it's by different writers and so they all come from different they they share different experiences some of them give more weight to islam the islamic views and some give zero so mona el tahari is in that book again and so it's interesting that now a lot of people they they like that book and that's fine that's but the the main thing the message that you get from that book is that your experience as a Muslim woman, whatever your experience is, you can talk about that, and that's absolutely fine. I understand that part. But everyone's giving their opinion on Islam and how to be a Muslim woman. But if you're not going to... You know, this is the thing. You know, let's take this up... Um, Islam isn't and being a Muslim isn't an identity what do I mean by that so for example being black if you are uh, black you know that is your you can then say I can talk about the experience of being black yeah so for example the racism you may face because that is your the color of your skin is part of you and it cannot be taken it taken away you don't have to do anything to be black if if that explains that it's just part of you it's it's um yeah whereas being a muslim to say i am a muslim you have to uh, you have to believe in allah and you have you have to believe in the prophet yeah there's certain things that you have to do and you have to well you have to believe in to be um a muslim i hope this makes sense so for example then you the articles of faith you have to believe in them so that you know i'm a slave of allah 
I obey my creator. I believe that the Prophet is a messenger. He brought the Quran that it was revealed to him and the Quran is the word of Allah and I will follow the, the Quran. Now, that's what makes you, that is the like the criteria to say, yeah, I am a Muslim. If you don't believe in the Shahada, if you don't believe in the Articles of Faith, you can't say you're a Muslim. Whereas you can just be born black and that's it. There's There's no nothing else you need to do to identify as black okay now given that now you believe in the shahada you believe in the articles of faith as a muslim now whether you follow them all the time or not that is between you and allah so no one's passing judgment but that is something whether you are now identify and say yeah i am a practicing muslim or i choose what parts I'm going to accept and I choose what parts I'm not again that's your choice and now but then to then start saying I have a particular lifestyle for example I have a boyfriend that's what for example one of the and she and the writers in the book she lives with it's um I've, I've genuinely forgotten her name the, but that's just one example there that you have a boyfriend now you then can't say that that is something accepted in Islam because it isn't. We don't live in um, live in sin basically with a man we're not married to. You know, you Muslims do that, and you're choosing to do that, but you can't say that is an acceptable lifestyle choice. Yeah, it's similar to Mona El Tahari pushes the idea that being LGBTQ is acceptable, is okay. It's not. Yeah. In Islam, again, that's something forbidden. So can you see how having an opinion that I want to do this and I'm doing it is very different from factually what Islam says, what is allowed. And it's not, and these are things that not even, it's, there's no difference of opinion. There is no, um, you know, um, gray area. It's very clear cut. It's like, you know, pork, alcohol, um, you know, and these are things that we you'll know when you le- you gain knowledge and you, you you learn things, yeah. But so so the problem with it's not about the burqa, is it is that it gives a the examples of women's lives, different Muslim women, but it's not there is no, uh, for example, no principle to say yes, in Islam, okay, that person that's her lifestyle choice. But in Islam, actually, that's not a permitted lifestyle choice. Or to be honest, in particular, with the extra amount of relationships and LGBTQ, they're actually haram. At no point are you getting that as a a Muslim woman. So if as a Muslim woman you didn't have that much knowledge, and some of us don't, it would be easy then to to look at these these, um, chapters and think, yeah, actually, it's okay. You can do any of those things because it's the lived experience of Muslim women. So can you see it's, um, so I'll give you one other example. There's a chapter which um, the writer is advocating, makes this statement that Khadija, may Allah be pleased with her, the Prophet Sallallahu wife, was a feminist. That's, a, that's the whole argument of her chapter. So, and I've heard that a lot. I'm, I've watched YouTube videos about that and, um, so how do you decide is that correct or not is that true you know is that based on the truth so there's no so 
the way to look at that how like again it's a question of how do you when you're reading these books how do you know what to accept and what not and what to reject as a muslim and even to be even just factually even as just factually are these correct so to decide if that statement is correct number one you would need to understand what is feminism yeah and academic there are plenty of books um online that you can read to find out what feminism is and so that is something you do and in um in a nutshell it is the it's a movement and it's so it's not static it's been it's been continuous that is work it wants is advocates for political social economic and personal equality for women that women should have rights in all those spheres yeah so political physical sexual economic educational yeah societal in the in the family life and outside the family there should be equality so the work for that those rights so then that's that's number one you need to know that then you'd need to un- make the effort to study the life of Khadija and even you could do a basic go online and read about her life then you would then you'd compare the two and see is that what she was doing did she want in her example in her life did she have equality and did she want equality in all aspects because and then you could say yes she was a feminist or no she wasn't a feminist yeah i think that that would be a very honest objective way to decide that now what is disingenuous and dishonest is to have an opinion that agrees with your so you've decided in your mind well yeah she i'm i'm a feminist and then i want to i'm going to look at khadija's life and take the parts that are, agree with feminism and then i'm going to call her a feminist now that's again i'll be honest it's it is completely dishonest to do that and it's not very intelligent either and it's it just doesn't make sense and again so therefore that's one of the that's why i do have a problem with um it's not about the book i just when i was looking for a book that looks at the challenges that muslim women face i thought they haven't you know some of them have you know but to be honest if in a you know i just thought i'm i'm disappointed here ladies <laughs> that's what i felt and so yeah so it's interesting that so that's that's the last book that um in my has really when i've been you could say all these books have helped me when writing my book and discussing ideas a lot of the the books that i read did look at that and the thing that i then really wanted to do um which i found lacking in um a lot of the books was that i wanted to provide well of course the books why non muslims are not going to have that but i wanted to give islamic solutions about so the topic of my write about was very specific about how we view what is shaping our views on love on relationships singledom marriage because i think that's something i did not find um you could say it's like a social commentary on the situation that muslim single muslim women are at but i thought i cannot the things i cannot do 
what these other books have done where I'm not going to bring my biases and my experiences in a um, clouded way in a in a and again it can only be described as bias that and, and not give the Islamic solutions because what's the point in discussing a challenge if you're not going to provide show that actually Islam gives us guidance Allah gives us guidance our creator's given us a solution to this problem so yeah so inshallah I um yeah I, I'd love to know if there are any good books on women and society that you would like to recommend please send me an email um hello at Farhat Amin or on my Instagram Farhat Amin underscore UK that's another way you can get in touch and yeah inshallah I um yeah if you do read any of the books again I'd love to know what your opinion is of them as well okay then take care assalamu alaikum hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.